Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio, Section 6, Chapter 62. Meanwhile, Philip's enemies reported the whole matter succinctly to the ecclesiastical authorities. The vicar general of the city and the others who at that time were the custodians of the faith. They accused Philip not only of ambition, pride, and other vices, which they had made up, but also that he was gathering a cult and was attempting to introduce a new sect full of ambition. When the vicar general heard this, he was stirred to great anger in his zeal for the faith and his concern for the peace in the city which was indeed his responsibility. He sent for Philip, received him with severe words, rebuked him, threatened him with prison, and ordered him to abstain from such works, not to take any companions around with him, to appear for judgment promptly whenever he was summoned, not to hear any confessions for the next fortnight, and not to preach to the people until he had received a new license issued by himself. All this Philip received with a cheerful countenance and gave the only answer he could with a submissive and modest manner, saying that he was equally prepared to continue the work he had begun or to leave it off at his superior's request, for he had no intention in mind other than the honor of God and the benefit of souls. The vicar general became very angry at these words, and after a few scornful comments, sent Philip out of his house. Philip felt this vexation most severely, because it was brought against him not just by men enslaved to this world, but even more strongly by men dedicated to God, some of whom lived under the same roof as himself. Indeed, there were some devout priests who, observing the huge crowds that followed him for their spiritual benefit, began to blame him for having an ambitious spirit. Philip had to endure these people who opposed him in his work for the Lord and went even so far as to create a disturbance although his soul was not troubled at all by what they said and did. Whatever harm they did him under the pretext of religion, he bore with cheerful patience, and he did the best he could to conceal from his sons in Christ the unbearable insults directed at him, and also the names of the perpetrators. If it did ever happen that his disciples discovered them, Philip's charity was such that where he could not conceal what had happened, he could at least put a very different interpretation on their words and actions while they were present and listening so that he was able to stop his disciples having any bad opinion of them. He besought God with tears for their salvation for he followed the teaching that we should pray for our enemies 
and return good for evil. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, choicest of priests, apostle of Rome, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There are many aspects to Saint Philip's reaction to this persecution by church authorities. The first is that Saint Philip Neri was truthful. He told the vicar general, I'm doing this for the honor of God and the benefit of souls. So he told him what he thought and he told them, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to stop it. I'm not doing this for myself. So it's important that when we face persecution, when we face trials from those that are in charge of us in some way, that we should be able to say what we think respectfully, straightforwardly. But also notice that St. Philip was very free from any kind of self-love. He had a cheerful countenance when the Pope was rebuking him. He had a cheerful countenance when the Pope told him, you can't hear confessions for two weeks, you can't preach for two weeks, you can't have contact with these people for two weeks. St. Philip believed that all things work for the good of those who love God. He believed that whatever happened, Christ was doing something good. He was going to bring some good out of it. And thus he truly lived that and could have a certain cheerfulness. At the same time, that response made the vicar general, the one responsible below the Pope, for the Pope, of the kind of practical running of Rome for the church, made him even angrier. Now, there we get a second moment in Philip's reaction. Philip does experience some kind of vexation, some kind of interior trouble. Because this was his spiritual father. This was the the one representing the Pope himself. And far from being happy with St. Philip, now he's angry with him. And he's accusing him of things that aren't true. And this was very difficult for St. Philip. But still, he bore it all with cheerful patience. What faith St. Philip had, faith in God's providence, that God was up to something good. Patience because it was sorrowful, it was difficult, it was painful. But you see, instead of letting his sorrow become anger, St. Philip turned it towards love for Christ 
and love for those who persecuted him. He turned the hurt into intercession. How? Well, we already know the secret. Saint Philip was devoted to the Holy Spirit. To forgive our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us, is only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to give our hearts to the Holy Spirit. And Saint Philip had already done that. We saw the great transformation, physical transformation of Saint Philip's physical heart. And that the Holy Spirit dwelt in Saint Philip in a special way that Saint Philip had given himself to the Holy Spirit. And though, therefore, when we see these persecutions happen, we shouldn't be too surprised that someone so devoted to the Holy Spirit would be able to forgive, to be able to pray. So he's cheerful. He's truthful. He's sorrowful. He's patient. He's prayerful. But also, he tries to shield those that are under him, his spiritual sons, from sinning. Those men that were St. Philip's spiritual sons were angry. They were angry. Angry at the Pope's vicar, who is, what is he doing? And St. Philip tried to protect them. He tried not to tell them what the Pope's vicar said. He tried not even to tell them who he had gone to see. He tried as best he could to put the best interpretation on things. This is a, a kind of hermeneutic of charity, an a method of interpreting that's charitable. Philip knew that this vicar general had a zeal for the faith. He knew that he had a lot of pressure on him. It's also the case that he probably acted rashly. Someone put this stuff on his desk and he acted this way. And Philip knew that by returning evil for evil, you would just cause a big storm. No, he had to be patient and he had to calm people down. Because St. Philip was a lover of peace. St. Philip was a lover of church unity. Let us ask St. Philip to pray for us. If we feel persecuted by the church, if we feel let down by church authorities, let us pray. Let us pray. Let us pray. Let us return good for evil. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.